So you're sitting on the fence, you really want to buy your next home and you're like, what do I do? Like, I don't even know what to do here. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about all things home, what's happening in the market, interest rates, all the things. And how do you approach this? How do you find a home that's actually affordable? And as inflation continues to rise, like how does that impact you buying your next home? Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. All right, Christy, we have a hey. fun episode today. Are you excited about this one? I'm excited about it because it is all the buzz and has been the buzz for months, but it's constantly changing. And like it, hearing it from like every end of everywhere. It is. It's a moving target and like it doesn't matter what news outlet you're on, social media, conversations you hear in the grocery store lines, like your neighbor's you opinion. Go, Yeah, like the inflation, interest rates, housing market, all of this is just, it's on the tip of everybody's tongue right now. And everyone has an opinion. And I think that- (laughs) We sure do. We all have opinions about everything, but right now it's really hard to kind of, you know, sift through all that and figure out what's actually fact fiction and what makes sense, most sense for your family right now, really. And in terms of like the opinions that you just said, like the opinions are so- opposing to on yes. many, depending on who you're talking to. It, that's the part that's is from sitting at like a bird's eye view of like being in the industry for 25 years. I feel like I might have like a little broader view on it, but it's mm-hmm. just so interesting when I'm hearing from clients and whatnot. And they're just, the, the views are very shocking and interesting. So you to know me. what this reminds me of, which I might get like a lot of a lot of hate for this, but remember uh, a couple, a few years ago, politics were like what everyone was talking about yes. and had a very, and then that was like the discussion at Thanksgiving and everyone tried to steer clear of it or everyone had a strong opinion. Yeah. This kind of feels like this is going to be the Thanksgiving controversial topic. It totally this is. just take over? Uh, so interesting, right? Yeah. So the conversation that keeps coming up a lot with clients is, they're like, we're just going to like hold it. We're going to just going to sit in a holding pattern. You know, we don't like what interest rates are doing. And so we're just going to sit here and wait to see what happens. And my fear with all of this is, is that because we still have such low inventory, we still have like less than two months worth of inventory across the whole entire Twin Cities. So there's certain cities across the country. If you're listening to this podcast from another part of the country outside of um, the Minneapolis St. Paul area, you might have more inventory where you live. But currently, we have less than two months worth of inventory in Minnesota. And so what that means is that we're still in a really strong seller's market. 
So this is so different from 2007 and eight when the market was crashing. Back then we had like upwards of like 10 months worth of inventory. So we were like in the exact opposite, super strong buyer's market. So even though interest rates are creeping up and there's nothing that says they're going to slow down anytime soon, at the same time, what we're seeing is home prices keep going up and up and up. And so it's almost like you got to get in now because if interest rates go up plus home prices continue to go up, you're for sure going to price yourself out of the market. Unless you have a huge change in your financial ability, right? Something happens there for you. So what we're really seeing is like the areas that are getting super pinched is like the upper price brackets, like they're getting tons of showings right now. So like, and home are actually selling rather quickly in like the 800 plus, which in Minnesota, that's considered our luxury market. If you're listening yes. to this in California, you're laughing your ass you're off like, because that's you're a like, one that's a condo. first time home buyer budget. But in Minnesota, <laughs> that's considered our luxury market. And those homes are still selling because inflation does not impact that price point as much and those buyers as much. They in fact want to get their money settled in real estate because they know their money is going to make more money in real estate versus like being in the stock market. And that middle range, like kind of like the three to $600,000 house in price point, um, they're still seeing really strong activity. The market right now that's seeing a little bit more of a pinch, and I'm seeing this firsthand on my flip that's on the market, and it's been on the market for like six days. And even me as an agent who's been doing this forever, I'm kind of freaking out. So I'm trying to like practice what I preach. That's the people that are getting affected by gas prices going up, by um, groceries going up, daycare expenses going up. And they're like, well, crap, my job isn't going up like that. And so that category of like kind of that first time home buyer price point is really feeling the pinch and they're really feeling the effects of the interest rates going up. And it sucks, really sucks. It really sucks. And inflation really caught up with all of us. It like yeah. hit us hard and it's really affecting everyday life. So I get it. I get Yeah, you why. were talking about even snow pants and boots for Kaya. You're like, holy crap, this is so expensive. Like, what is going on? Like, oh. She's three. <laughs> right? <sighs> she needs to go to work. I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> get it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to see how everything's being affected and how it feels like it's a little bit of like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're telling a lot of our clients, though, with – They're like, okay, I'm not happy with the interest rates and still, you know, like we have our first home and we want to buy a bigger home because we're having another baby and we're just feeling squished and we need more space or, you know, whatever that scenario is, it's different for everybody. But if you're freaking out about the interest rates, another way to look at it is just find a monthly house payment that's comfortable for you. You're like, okay, Beth, maybe like $2,000 a month is what we really feel comfortable. We can't really spend more than that without really stretching ourselves. Well, then let's work the numbers backwards based on what your the interest rate's going to be and what your down payment's going to be. And of course, your credit and all that factors in there with what the interest rate will be and work the numbers backwards. And maybe you have to scale back on the price of the home you're originally going to buy from, you know, maybe like what you thought the numbers were going to be earlier this year. And that's okay. At least you're getting in the game. You got to start. Well, yeah. somewhere. If you've been waiting since earlier this year and you've waited till now, I mean, you have seen firsthand how much it has changed. 
Yeah. Like you're seeing yeah. firsthand that it didn't maybe go in the direction you wanted it to. Right. So right. like now but- feels like the time and like you always preach like you marry the house and date the interest rate. Yeah. And you I think that always change your rate. I think that that's something that we really need to be thinking about right now. Well, and the great things for buyers right now, you know, if interest rates are freaking you out, the good thing is you got to look on like, I always try to like, okay, what's like the upside of this? Because there's, it's so easy to focus on the doom and gloom and be like, oh, this is all just crap and houses are expensive and interest rates are going up and we like miss the boat. The best time to have bought a house was five years ago. And the second best time is today. You got to like get in the game, like quit talking about getting in the game and just get in the game. But what I love about it, when you buy a home, then you know exactly every single month, like what your expenses are. That house payment is predictable. You know exactly what to expect. It makes it really easy for budgeting. You know, if you're a renter and your lease is coming up, there's a really good chance your landlord's like, guess what? Inflation's hitting me too. Now your rent's going to be like 15% more a month. And it's really hard to plan your budget and plan like how you're going to make your paycheck stretch from month to month. But if you have a home, you know exactly what to expect in that regard. Well, much less save for a home if that's on your right. your agenda of what you want to do. And right. we li- and where we're living, we live in a city. We live in St. Paul. Our rents have skyrocketed. Yeah, skyrocketed. And I I can't imagine like what we could rent our house for right now, Beth. <laughs> I know. It well, like rents so are going up about like eight, 15 to 18% every year. Mm-hmm. So if you've been yeah. a renter for like 10 years, uh, imagine what you're paying 10 years ago versus now. It, you probably don't even want to think about it because it's enough to get, make you have a stroke. <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. So I like that you touched on the differences between now and like the 0708 crash because we still are hearing this. I'm hearing it from friends and family basically mm-hmm. like wanting to have this this discussion and there there's such a huge difference and I've learned so much just working with the team is is that it's actually not going to look like that. So can you can you dive into that just a little bit more? Yeah, so um there's really nothing out there that says anything is supposed to be doing anything nuts, um, which is great. We love that. Um, home prices are still continued to rise because we have such a shortage of inventory. It's really goes to that old school supply and demand. The thing that's really tricky now though, is that sellers are really wanting to have sales prices from like what we saw like six to nine months ago or this spring market sales were, you know, everything was in mega mm-hmm. multiple offers. And then buyers are like, well, I want to pay 2018 prices. Well, yeah, we all do. I, I would love to pay it 2018 price for my next flip too. I don't know if that's going to happen, but probably not. <laughs> um, but like what's similar to the 07, 08, like in the early 2000s, people saw a skyrocket in their equity. And it's that's very similar to what we've been seeing here in the last like two to five years is that people have seen like 10 years worth of appreciation in their homes. And the part that makes me a little, um, that makes me a little bit nervous is that like back in the day when you could do real estate and mortgages and I did mortgages, I saw so many people come to me and they're like, I want to do a cash out refinance. I'm like, okay, awesome. Like, what are you gonna do with that property? You're going to buy investment property or what are you going to do? And people weren't always diligent with what they did with their equity in their homes. Like some people used it really responsibly and then other people 
maybe not quite as responsible with what they did with their equity. And at some point, using your home's equity as like an ATM to sort of fund a lifestyle that maybe isn't sustainable can be a super slippery slope. And I always like caution people against that. Like, don't just spend that money willy nilly without a plan in place, because at some point you're going to run out of equity. You know, if that, yeah, well, that's what we saw in 07 and 08 is that people like in the early 2000s until like 07, 08 had been using their homes like ATMs and they were trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to like live beyond their means and it becomes so easy to do. You're like, well, I'm just going to refi and just pull out another 50 grand. It's no big oh. deal. My home just keeps going up in equity, right? And that gets really scary because at some point, we all know what happened because we had so much inventory in the market. Then everybody's values plummeted. And most parts of the country saw about a 20% decrease in home values. And then people are like, oh, crap, I owe more on my house than what it's worth. And now I can't afford it. And that's why we had so many foreclosures. Like foreclosures were sky high back then. Are we seeing this again now, Beth? No. The great thing is, is foreclosures are at an all-time low. And the great thing about it is the reason the reason why foreclosures are so low right now is because home equity homeowners have so much equity. And there's a huge percentage of people that don't even have mortgages. Do you do you fear or is there any part of you that thinks that potentially this equity that we all have in our homes now or most of us that we do the same thing the ATM that that I could happen not. again? I hope yeah. not. We I learned think, our lesson. Well, I I sat in on a mastermind with um, agents from all over the country with our EXP group about a month or so ago, and a couple of the agents said like in certain parts of the country. I'm not going to name any names, West Coast. Um, there's there's a lot of people that are living off their equity right now because maybe their jobs aren't quite as secure as what they were hoping. And they're like, well, here's where all my money is tied up. So I'm just going to access some of it. And I, I always just say, like, don't be the cautionary tale. Just be really careful about like how you're using that money. There are really great ways. And we'll, we'll probably do a podcast episode on this eventually of like really creative and great ways to use your home equity and have it benefit you. But I think there are ways that it could be dangerous. So I was just say, just be careful with how you spend that money. That makes total sense. And it also yeah. makes sense the, the difference between then and now. Yeah. Huge, huge difference. It is huge. The interesting stat that came up from a mastermind I was on earlier this week was they were talking about like how much inventory we have in the market, especially we were looking at really micro numbers here in the Twin Cities metro area, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And with the amount of inventory, we currently have less than 9,000 homes for sale. And in order to get to even on the low end of a balanced market, so right now we have less than two months worth of inventory. And to get to a balanced market, we need to have somewhere between four and six months worth of inventory of homes for sale. So even to get to that low end, to that four months worth of inventory, we need to have 20,000 more homes hit the market. Wow. I, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we've had lo- the lowest inventory we've seen in like recorded history for the like the last five years. So then to all of a sudden have 20,000 homes flood the market, I I feel like something like mega catastrophic would have to happen in order for that to even become a possibility. 
it just doesn't seem plausible in any in any when, universe. When you put it like that, it doesn't even make sense that it could no. happen anytime soon. No. Really? No. Wow. And they're talking about like, okay, well, boomers, when they move out of their homes and start downsizing, because that's sort of the cycle of real estate. You start out with a small house, and then you, you know, maybe get married and have some kids and you buy your bigger house. And then you buy like the big, really big house for when you have the bigger kids. And then all of a sudden all the kids leave and then you start doing the same thing in reverse and getting a smaller home. Well, all of these boomers still need to buy houses. So they have these jumbo houses. So there's people that are like working their way up to buy the big house. But then the boomers are like, okay, now I want to go back and I want to live in a small, maybe one level house. Well, builders aren't building those fast enough. So like, there's not really a way to like complete that cycle. Like in the cycle of the home life cycle Mm -hmm. is that the boomers aren't ready to go to the nursing home. (laughs) <laughs> but they, you know, but they're not building houses fast enough of the type of homes that they want to buy. So then what's happening is boomers are staying in their big fat houses and it's becoming hard for them to deal with stairs. They're dealing with like home maintenance. You know, maybe they have a house that hasn't been updated since the early you know, 90s or 2000s. Well, now their house is like way outdated. They need new furnace. They need new AC. They need new windows. They don't have the budget for that anymore. So it's it. Th- there are roadblocks along the way, and there's reasons why you can see why we have inventory issues. Builders aren't building the right type of homes, in my opinion. I always say What's builders should builders? be building. They should be building one level homes like it's like it's going out of style. Like those houses like, fly off the market. Yeah, almost like a condo, but but a home. Yeah, right? like the they're like the detached villas or the one level, either one level townhomes that are you know touching each other. That's what my parents yeah. have. They downsize too, probably a little bit smaller than what they want. Um, But even like the one level villas, so you're not attached to anybody, but you don't have to do any yard work. You don't have to do any snow care. You don't have basements. You don't have to deal with any stairs. And everything is like newer and updated. We need more of those. Come on, builders. I know, right? Right? So it's, it's interesting just to see how everything is being affected, how the interest rates affect things, how the lack of inventory of certain types of homes affects things, um, how people are using equity as affecting things. And that all gives these, me anxiety. That, I know. that part of it, like, who, like stressful, like thinking that that could potentially be part of what's happening uh, and where that could lead you right now if you're sitting on a ton of equity in your house, like you're yeah. in a good place. That's scary. Well, so we didn't. So I totally lost my train of thought earlier when we were talking about foreclosures. Um, the reason we aren't seeing as many foreclosures as we saw back in the day is because people have so much equity. So, say something unimaginable happened, and you, you know, the primary breadwinner in a household lost their job. Well, sellers are sitting on so much equity instead of going into foreclosure like they did like we saw so prevalently in 07, 08, when everyone ran out of equity, you just put your house on the market and chances are you can sell it probably pretty easily. And you can probably walk away with a check and then, you know, either buy a smaller house or become a renter or do something until you get back on your feet and then buy another house again. Yeah. And that is a very different scenario. Totally different. It's night and day. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of people waiting for like foreclosures. 
and like waiting for the crash and then waiting for the foreclosure. You'd be shocked at how many buyers, I mean, you and I don't talk, you and I always talk, are talking like marketing things. So you don't hear all the conversations on the, on the back end where people are like, I'm looking for a foreclosure. And I'll always say, well, tell me more about that. Like, what is it important? What's important about buying a foreclosure? And then it usually is like, okay, let me tell you like what a foreclosure usually is. I mean, if somebody has lost their job and they can't afford their house payment, do you think they're maintaining their home? Do you think they're having their furnace service regularly? Um, If they've got a leak in their roof, do you think they're getting the roofing guy out there to look at it? Probably not. If they can't pay their house payment, they're probably just hanging on by a thread. And it's like a sell as is sort of thing, right? Mostly, or is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times a home is in disrepair. And the reason a home is in foreclosure is because somebody owes more on it than what it's worth. And so then when the bank gets the house back, the bank's whole entire goal is to get as much money back as possible. So a lot of times foreclosures and short sales, we haven't seen hardly any short sales in forever. Christy, that second house that you bought, no, your first house that you bought, that was a short sale. Yeah, so that was somebody, a short sale. Yeah, so somebody owes more than what it's worth. That so was it's back not in like, like 09, too. Right? right? So that's after, where we yeah. saw tons yep. of them. Yep. But they're not necessarily a deal like people think. I think people have it worked up. They're going to be like a, a steal of a deal. That's common. You know, my sister and brother-in-law bought a foreclosure during COVID, like at the end of 2020. Um, it's a house that had sat vacant for like three years. Okay, woo. On acreage. So they knew what they were getting into. Though. And my brother in law is a contractor. Yeah. So it totally made sense for their scenario. We actually did pick it up for a really good price. Every single square inch of that house needs to be redone on the inside and the outside. Wow. And they probably have already put over $100,000 into the house and they're halfway done with it. So for some people, it can be a great idea. And for other people, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go from there, Beth? I don't know. You're like, this <laughs> so, is so positive. What would you what would you say if you've been wanting to buy for a while, you maybe waited to see how the market would go, and now you're like, shit, now I really can't buy. Like, what would you say to someone that's I would say to there? that buyer, let's let's come back, let's, you know, circle back, let's reevaluate really what your priorities are. Like what's important to you about buying a home? What is important to you about living in a certain part of town, X, Y, and Z? What does your monthly budget look like for a home? And then let's get our lender involved in the conversation and work the numbers backwards and see where that is for a purchase price. And can you get what you want? Like right now, it's awesome. There, there isn't mega multiple offers on homes. In certain price points, we're still seeing multiples, but we're seeing far less. So if you're in a multiple offer situation, you're not competing against 20 offers. You might be competing against two or three, which is totally manageable. Chances are you can have an inspection again. So you're not, you can actually see what you're buying, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, You don't probably have to do an appraisal gap coverage. So there's so many extra things that are awesome that if you're one of those people, you just can't make a decision like in one split second about, yep, I looked at this house for 30 seconds and now I'm going to write an offer. And maybe you need to like be able to sleep on it. Now's the market for you. You actually can catch your breath and think about the house for more than a split second. You can get extra pieces of mind added into the purchase agreement. It's a really awesome time to buy. 
and home prices are just continuing to go up. So I would say do it sooner rather than later because with interest rates going up and home prices going up at some point, it might not be affordable anymore and get into your house. Now this isn't going to be your first house is never your dream house. It's your first house. You have to just sort of like temper that expectation. You're like, I can show you ways to make any house cute. There's so many ways to make houses cute that don't cost a fortune. But you got to get in the game. Predictable monthly payment. You're not, you know, like basically a prisoner to your landlord and like what they do with your rent. So you're just paying down your landlord's mortgage every month. Yeah. Which they appreciate. They love. They love you for it. (laughs) They do. And then they reward you by jacking up your rent every month. (laughs) Thank you for being such a good tenant. Here's your rent increase. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I say get in the game. Get in the game. Get in the game. So we've talked about all sorts of things. We talked about 07, 08. We talked about now what things look like, what interest rates, homes, using your house as an ATM. We really covered every subject here today. But if you we have did. questions, we would love to have a always a no obligation consultation and just help you figure out what makes the most sense for your specific scenario, not for the masses for you. Regardless what part of the country you're in too, like we're all about starting the conversation and sort of like building this community to with facts, right? Instead of fear. So let's like get rid of all that money. I know we have so many rockstar agents that we know from all over the country. If you're not in the Twin Cities area, I would love to make a warm introduction to an agent that would just like fold you in a hug and help you walk through the process. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, with that, um, good luck, everyone. And get out there, right? Get out there and get in, get into this game. I think now is the time. So until next time, remember to keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.